Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, with us right now, this is such a pleasure. I actually have Michael Houlihan and Bonnie Harvey, and you guys are the founders of Barefoot Wines. Thank Indeed, you so much for we joining are. us. Yep. Yes, yes, it's, it's Bonnie's <laughs> footprint on the label. Oh, I oh, interesting. We'll we'll definitely we'll talk about that. And I I also wanted to share that you know one thing that we're definitely going to talk about is the barefoot spirit, which you know obviously a lot of followers of this podcast love audio programs. They love listening to podcasts. And the Barefoot Spirit is something that you've recently released. We're going to talk about what that is. And uh, that is very unique in the world of audiobooks uh, because it's not just an audiobook. But first off, again, thank you each for joining us. It's oh, a pleasure. We love it. Thanks, Josh. So would you mind by uh, kind of sharing just a little bit about your journey and where did Barefoot Wines come from and how did you create such an empire in the wine world and, and kind of when was this and what were you doing differently that, that caused you to uh, rise above the rest? Well, I think uh, our key assets were that we had no knowledge of the industry and we didn't have any money. <laughs> we... We were forced to be creative, to be yeah. innovative, to be resourceful. And we started off being resourceful by taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented to us. I had a client who was owed a good deal of money for some grapes for three years of harvest. He was a grower. And he was a great grower. Mm. And um, Michael went to the winery that owed him the money to collect the funds and attempt to collect the funds and found out that they had just declared bankruptcy. Mm. But he was able to get bottling services and bulk wine. So that's what we started with. A trade. A trade. And then eventually the, the grape grower had said, you know, I can't take on a new business. So Michael had the brilliant solution that we would take the debt and we would take the bottled the bottling services and the bulk wine, sell it on the, you know, to all the chains and pay the grower back, put a couple bucks in our pocket. And how hard could that be? <laughs> yeah. How long could that take? <laughs> so it's, it's one thing though, to so have an that's opportunity. That's how we got started. Yeah. And some people might say, Bonnie, that you just, you got lucky, but, but it, you know, that there's, you know, luck is where opportunity meets preparation. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We asked a lot of questions because we really didn't know the industry. And the answers we got were the real key to our success. Mm. And um, we learned where there was a, a space in the chain stores where they needed another product, which was in the larger size. So that was a real big key. It had much less competition. And we were also told to make the name the same as the logo, mm -hmm. which we did. 
and to make it visible from four feet away as she, the female shopper in the chain stores where the majority of wine is sold, can see it as she pushes her cart down the aisle. So these were all gems that really helped us succeed. Plus, uh, the full title of our book and our audio book is The Barefoot Spirit, How Hardship, Hustle, and Heart Built America's Number One Wine Brand. So it took a lot of all of those things. I'll say. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So another thing, of course, is talk about the wine world prior to Barefoot coming on the scene. Well, it was stayed and it was exclusive. Yes. Um, I guess in today's world, you know, you would say it was stuffy or uptight. uh, Snooty. Snooty, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, you know, somewhat snarky. Uh, toward people who couldn't speak the language. Right. Uh, it was mostly male buyers. Um, and at the retail level. Yeah, at the retail. Not, not the wholesale. Yeah, the, no, I, I mean, not, ironically, not the end user. Ironically, the end user was like 75% female, but all the buyers and gatekeepers were men. Wines that were Saturday night brag wines that were vintage dated and vineyard designated. And here we come with a non-vintage varietal wine for, you know, $5.99. And oh wow. boy, did we get in trouble with the establishment. They said we were trying to cheapen wine. And of course, we were actually trying to make wine more, you know, available uh, and to compete with beer and other kinds of alcohol beverages that were much less. I mean, people aren't going to get turned on to wine at $29 a bottle. Well, you showed them wrong. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> we had to beat them up. There was, a lot, there was a lot of missionary work, you know. It's not enough to have a good idea. You have to get the other person to realize that there's a need. And yeah. that's called missionary work, where you're actually educating people. And it was much more than we thought. And we have clients today and we listen to their great ideas and we go, yeah, that's great. But, you know, you got to convince people that they need it. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it was what were the conversations like uh, when you were talking with retailers? Uh, were they receptive at first? Uh, not really. (laughs) It was a new product that nobody knew. What they were most interested in was bringing customers, are bringing customers into their store to buy the product. So Mm. how are we going to sell the product, help them sell the product? So we sold and we supported what those communities were interested in, whether it was a park or whether it was cleaning up a beach or any kind of community nonprofit event. And because we were supporting these nonprofit events and we told them where the product was available in the marketplace, they would go in and buy them. And that worked very well for us. Because remember, I said we didn't have any money and that was one of our key assets. So So we we couldn't afford paid advertising. So we used existing networks of nonprofits Mm -hmm. uh, and supported them with, you know, all the free wine they wanted for their fundraisers Ah. and in the hopes that their members would have a social reason to not just buy our wine, but to be advocates for it. Mm -hmm. 
And um, what would what went into the thinking of the actual brand Barefoot? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I know what it, it 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 comes you know what I start thinking of, but uh, I would imagine that I don't know if that was the first thing that came out of your mouth or mind was like, let's name it Barefoot. I, you probably thought about maybe some different alternatives. Well, we were talking to buyer, you know, when you don't know what you're doing, yeah. you're more humble and you, uh, you know, you've got this opportunity, you traded to this debt for wine, but you know, wine's going to go bad if it doesn't get put in the <laughs> bottle and sold, especially white wine. And so, you know, here we are, we're desperate. So we're asking people, you know, what should the label look like, this and that. And yeah. one of the buyers said, well, you know, the label has got to be easy to read from four yeah. feet away. It's got to be a symbol that is the same as the word. And the mm. word has to be in plain English. These are buyers talking to us, you know, and wow. they've seen thousands of labels and most of them fail. And so here they're giving us what they think is the ideal label. So the name is the same as the logo. So barefoot in a picture of a barefoot. And we like the barefoot idea because for one thing, it was as far away from nose in the air as humanly possible. Yeah. So it really distinguished snobs. And the other th reason we liked it was because it was, you know, the way wine was originally made, you know, in way back in Roman times. And uh, it's- The grapes were crushed with bare feet. And, and when you're barefoot, oh. the other meaning of it is, you you know you're you're not uptight you're relaxed you're on the beach mm -hmm. you're in the hot tub you're in front yeah. of the fire and so it's it's hard to be uptight when you're barefoot what happens when you launch a brand in a company and uh i mean from my perspective and you may have a different experience of this but it it, it got pretty big and i don't know if it felt fast that felt fast to you, or maybe it, it was a, a very natural evolution progression. But I mean, I don't yeah. know if you were ready for a company of the size that Barefoot came to be. Well, first of all, you have to remember, Josh, if you're pushing on the Queen Mary, it takes <laughs> not just all day, but a couple of years before it even moves. But once it starts to move, if you keep on pushing on the Queen Mary, you can actually get it rolling toward the mouth of the harbor. <laughs> and then it can get under steam. It takes a whole lot more energy and focus to get it going from dead still than to bring it up to cruising speed. Mm. And it's called overcoming the inertia. And this is the problem that all entrepreneurs face, which is who is your first two customers? Yeah. And then how do you build it from there? And then you, because you got these first two customers, you find out what you're doing wrong because the customers are complaining and you have to get in there and fix things. We like to tell our clients, don't sell your product any further away from your house than you can drive and return to your house and apologize in one day. <laughs> Um, and so it eventually, did it did it get to a, a, a size that you're like, whoa, this is, I mean, do you just continue to keep rising to the occasion and operations get bigger and bigger and you've got more and more staff that are involved in this? Um, what was your, I mean, how did you, how did you grow with your company? Well, one thing is we outsourced for all of our services. So that helped keep our employees mm. down in number. Mm. 
All of the employees that we had were managers. Half of them were out in the market. They were salespeople watching the distributors, the retailers, and supporting the communities. And the other half were managing um, the different aspects of what we needed in the office, winemaking, production, production, ordering all the supplies, logistics. Um, marketing, logistics, printing, all of these things. So that helped keep the number of people we were dealing with down. And it's yeah. a real benefit to go to somebody else and have them do the bottling rather than our trying to gain enough money somehow yeah. to uh, either buy a winery or to build one. That, that wasn't in our plans. And our contracts were written in such a way that if our outsourced bottlers didn't do it exactly right according to the contract, we didn't have to pay for it. Uh, so if you have a winery, for instance, or any kind of a production facility making any product, mm -hmm. you are under a lot of financial pr pressure mm -hmm. to put the product out, even if it's not up to your liking. And, and so you can put out a mediocre product just because you have to. We never had to. We always put out gold medal winning products. The other thing I was going to say about, about growth and scaling is that um, you really have to get very good at writing contracts. So you have to kind of cop an attitude that says, <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. So you learn how to make mistakes right. And we say that's, that's W-R-I-T-E right, not just R-I-G-H-T. So you make the mistake, you write down what the mistake was or how the person took advantage of you. And then you write down something. It might be a clause in a contract, a sign-off a, a sign sheet. Uh, it's something. It might be 10 things, but the idea is your company gets better every time you take a hit. Never waste a perfectly good mistake. <laughs> you know, you've shared a lot of lessons just in our brief conversation so far that uh, I'm, I'm sure that, it, it, that listeners can find in the barefoot spirit. So can you kind of share how the barefoot spirit came about? Well, we were very successful. And yeah. we had a unique group of people that were working for us, and they loved working together, and they loved what they were doing. They were very proud of the company and the support that we gave the community. So they said when we sold the business, mm -hmm. they said, well, you really have to write a book so you can share what you did that worked so well with other companies. Because turnover is the number one hidden cost of any company. And we managed about the last five, seven years without any turnover. And that was pretty spectacular to wow. have a very happy staff. So we wanted to share this with entrepreneurs. We'd already gone through the lessons of how hard it is to start a business and be successful. So we wrote a book. But we didn't just write a book. We got a, an award-winning author, Rick Cushman. And he came and he heard our stories. He learned about us and the lessons we wanted to tell, but we didn't put them in lesson form. Mm -hmm. We put them in story form. And Rick has a very good sense of humor, and he learned to appreciate our humor. And mm -hmm. between the three of us, we came up with a New York Times best-selling book. And then uh, about three or four years ago, we, you know, because we went on the speaking circuit and we sp we've spoken at 60 schools that teach entrepreneurship. And, you know, that's our niche is entrepreneurship, helping people. And uh, we noticed that 
they were coming in with earbuds on. Yeah. And uh, this is about four years ago. And we said, you know, what are you guys listening to? Is it hip hop? Is it rap? And they said, oh, no, I'm listening to a podcast on how to improve my business. Another ah. lady said, oh, no, I'm listening to War and Peace. I always wanted to read it, but the dang thing was so thick. I didn't yeah. have time to sit down that long. And now you with MP3s, I can put it on my phone and I can be driving and oh, jogging. Yeah. And we said, this is a whole new world. We have to write an audiobook. So we thought about what that audiobook should list, be like. We got a bunch of audiobooks and listened to them. And we noticed that what they almost all had in common, business audiobooks, is that they were read to you by a narrator. Sometimes mm. the narrator was a movie star, but they were still read to you. And we thought, well, that's kind of one-dimensional. What if it was performed for you like a mm -hmm. 1945 radio show? Oh, I love you know, it. like the shadow knows or who did it or what have you. Uh, and so we, we got this group in Hollywood to work with us. Um, and we developed what we call business audio theater, which is really the first mm -hmm. time that we've taken business concepts, converted them into scenes and scripts and little mini stories that you can listen to in short bursts. Uh, and, you know, they have takeaways. But we don't sit there and beat you up about the takeaway. We just let you listen to the story and you draw your own conclusions. I think people learn better that way than uh, in a prescriptive text. So try to be entertaining and informational at the same time. So uh, to talk about availability, it's, uh, I, so I've got one credit right now in Audible. I can add it to my cart and I can start listening as soon as we're done with our conversation. Oh, yes. please. And we, and, and we invite your listeners uh, to hear a free chapter. Oh, great. Uh, and they can go to, they can go to uh, www.barefootaudiobook.com. Uh -huh. And when they get there, they'll find snippets from the book they can listen to. And they will, one of the snippets is 25 minutes long. It's a complete chapter. And uh -huh. they will get a real seat-of-your-pants rocket ride <laughs> adventure into entrepreneur land. And uh, it's, it's, we're folks just like you out there. We, we are not special people. Uh, but, you know, we just got, you know, put under the gun and learned to dance fast, as they say. <laughs> you know, you've got, I mean, just to give people an idea. So you've got Ed Asner uh, is performing Gigi Perot. Uh, you've got a yeah. cinematic score uh, that accompanies uh, yeah. th this program. So I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's got uh, amazing reviews and, uh, on, on Audible. So I, I can't wait uh -huh. to, to get into this. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. We're it has its own soundtrack, yeah. too. Ah! Sound effects, yes. We, yeah. we are we are <laughs> off now. Now that we know how to do this, you know, taking a business principle, putting it into a story, and then adding music, sound effects, and actors and script is is quite a juggling act. Especially if the purpose of the skit is to get the point across in a humorous and entertaining way. Mm. And so we became very good at that. We worked over a year and a half developing this. And so now we're offering the service to other founders mm -hmm. who might be worried about what happens to their company, you know, after they sell it. What yeah. happens to their company when it gets so big that it, as you say, you know, there's all these divisions and whatnot. And, you know, they've got their walls and they're, they're, they're fighting turf wars. And, you know, uh, people aren't talking to each other like they should. You know, mm -hmm. what happened to the spirit of the founders? That's why we call it the barefoot spirit. 
because every founder has their own spirit. You know, I mean, it takes a lot of guts and tenacity to do anything. Wow. So, so now my, we're able to help these founders yeah. put their own stories into a format that they can use for training their employees so they can keep their own legacy alive. You know, I was going to mention that. So if I'm on the thebarefootspirit.com right now, and uh, I do see that you have um, not just the, the, the audio drama book that, that, that you've created, the book, of course, the paperback book, um, but you also have uh, other courses and, and trainings that, that you do for folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we love educating people. Mm. Actually, you know, our day job is we are <laughs> advisors to startups. We help startups mm. uh, become more resourceful um, and refine their strategy uh, and we try to um, debunk the commonly held misconceptions, you know, like, oh, my idea is so great. Everybody thinks it's cool. You know, they're just going to knock down windows and kick down doors to get to me to buy it. That laugh right there was uh, completely 100% authentic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. We've you all know. we've all experienced that thought for yeah. just a, just well, we, a little we, bit. We're, we're just as guilty as everybody else. We thought, well, heck, five ninety nine gold medal winner. You know, a cute foot on the label. What's not to like? You know, it took us five years to gain traction. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's terrific. Well, again, I, I want to thank you. So Michael Houlihan, Bonnie Harvey are the founders of Barefoot Wines. And uh, you really want to pull up uh, their website right now. And that's thebarefootspirit.com. And then from there, you can go to, uh, and it's barefootaudiobook.com, where you can get free uh, audiobook samples so you can hear exactly what they've created. They've, you've spent a year and a half creating this uh, more than just an audiobook. This is a, uh, a drama that you can get engrossed into. It sounds like you had uh, you, uh, a, a, a score that goes along with it. You have Foley artists, you got every, you got Hollywood actors producing. It's a, it's a cliffhanger too, Josh. Yeah. Guaranteed cliffhanger. That's great. That's great. Well, uh, again, Michael, Bonnie, I want to thank you so much for, for sharing your story. Congratulations for your, your decades of success and, and, uh, and leaving a legacy. Um, and thank you so much for all of your work that you're doing to uh, help the next generation of startups as well, uh, you know, in, in, in all of your advising work. Uh, you know, it's like uh, we, we, you know, we all rise when, you know, when, we, when we serve and help one another. So. Thank you so much for Thank that. Thank you yes. so much, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120 thousand social media fans totally free now can you also hook us up 
Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.